Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John plans to live to be 100 and drives on the emergency shoulder on Christmas. Meanwhile, I take issue with the ending of Back to the Future and say something to a traffic cop that gets me pulled out of the car. Plus a conversation about resolutions, vices, and remaining at peace with our neighbors. Today's episode is not sponsored by vitamin supplements. We aren't sure if they work, but at least they're really expensive. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's a new year, Johnny. A new talk about that. We're so glad to join our listeners around the world for, man, 2024. Here we go. What did you think would be happening in 2024 when you were a kid? Did you think you'd make it? Uh, yeah, I thought I'd, I don't know, actually. I was watching Back to the Future 2 yesterday, which is yeah. set in 2015. Oh, right. That yeah. seemed like it was so far Flying away. cars everywhere. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Those uh, cool Nikes. Yeah. Those were great. Those were great. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole um, series, what would you call that? Franchise. A trilogy. Yeah. It was really good. Were you yeah. a big Back to the Future guy? Oh, yeah. How could you not be? Who hates Back to the Future? I tried to show my daughter, but she was too young. I just don't think... Yeah. One thing I found interesting, there's a story... It's interesting how actors, how their legacies age, and then you go, oh, this guy was the big weirdo, and then you go, oh, he had a point. He was kind of quirky, but people were... And one of those guys is Crispin Glover, who played... You know, yeah, he's such a strange person. He was a strange actor, and he would go on talk shows at the time and be really strange and odd, and kind of like Joaquin Phoenix did that time. He was for real. He was the original guy to go on and just be like weird and stone faced and, and you know, kind of subversive and strange. But uh, he was written out of um, Back to the Future Two because uh, he refused to do it. And so they replaced him. They used some kind of digital imaging, which was really rudimentary at the day of the huh. day. But they so if you ever see like there's a there's a, a body double because he's in it very briefly, uh, the dad character. But when you see his face, that's being done digitally. And he sued them and won because oh, wow. they basically stole his image. And but one of the reasons he said he didn't want to be in it. So to my point about who doesn't like Back to the Future, Crispin Glover didn't like it. Uh, but his point was. He loved the movie, and then they changed the ending. I can't remember if it screen-tested weird or what happened. Obviously, that movie had went through a lot of changes because Eric Stoltz did, like, you know, weeks and months of footage as Marty McFly, and they replaced him. They right. fired him. You're talking the first movie or second right now? This first one. Okay. 
But so the reason Chris McGovern didn't like the first one was it was either a rewrite or it was this way the whole time and he never agreed with it. But he did an interview and he talked about it. And it, what he said now makes so much sense. Like, man, Chris McGovern had it right. He said, when you come, they come back and everything is right. Everything's been made right. Right. Um, he goes, he didn't just, Marty didn't just go back to his family and they're there again around the table. He goes, now they've got a tennis lesson. They have money. <laughs> right. His new truck is in the driveway. He goes, it's so vapid. And it really bothered him. Interesting. And so he didn't want to do the second one. He was like, I don't like where this is headed. It's it's a bad message to send like, yeah, if you just make the right choices, you'll have money and be happy. Yeah. And so he kind of spoke out. He was more of a whatever. He just didn't like that political messaging. And so, but it's interesting how you just go, well, he was a difficult to work with actor. And it's like, yeah, but he was kind of right about some of that. Interesting. I don't know. What do you think, John? Everybody wants to, but like that's the fairy tale ending, yeah. And you're gonna have all your heart's desire, but also like, if you were given everything you wanted as a kid, would you be the same person? Would you? Well, I think then it's very his whole protest is flawed then by the premise of the second movie because the premise of the second movie is is even though he was rich and all the all the yeah. stuff in the world because of his temper, he still ruined his life, right? He still was messed up. Yeah. And, so like it didn't it didn't fix him in his future. So if Crispin Glover would have thought it through or had a conversation with me first, I could have well I could have saved him. As luck would have it, he was available <laughs> we have him right now. I don't think he would be available. Uh, did you have a good Christmas? I did. Yeah. That's a heck of a segue, by the way. You didn't want to have this whole hour be about Crispin Glover. And his I can, we can. I can go no, as far as fine. you want. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good Christmas. Uh, we got to see some family. Which was good, and um, yeah, we we didn't stay long. We stayed Christmas Eve, and then came back uh, that night. Yeah, and then uh, Christmas Day we just hung out. We did nothing Christmas Day. Oh, that's great! It was pretty pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah. you could use a little nothing. That was good. I'm getting a lot of nothing right now in my life because I'm kind of I've done like one show in the past, well, two shows in the past like ten days. So it's just like yeah. whoever's getting me the first part of this year, there's going to be some duct tape coming in. <laughs> On some of these jokes, I'm knocking some rust off. Nah, come on, man. You don't think? No, this you're a pro. My zany show went well. You didn't even uh, show up. You didn't even deign to darken the doors of my. I tried. Which was a packed house. So it was good. I know. I was coming. Yeah. And then my wife got sick. It would have been totally full if you had showed up. It was her one chair. Yeah. One seat. Yeah, my wife got sick for with the stomach bug that my father-in-law had. had the, the couple days before we got there. Everybody's just passing stuff around right now. Yeah, right? it was like, ooh. and I, All these family getting together, that's what happens. And Sadie and I actually made it through without getting it. So we, we sequestered to mm. the other side. But I was worried. It's one of those, sorry to be gross, but it's one of those things like you sleep with a bucket by the bed kind of things. Isn't sequester for a jury? You mean quarantine? No, we sequestered. You didn't we watch any judging. media or film or... <laughs> You didn't. We were going you didn't over read, evidence. You didn't read about the case. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be biased in any way oh, against man. the illness, dude. I read the best article. Yeah, over Christmas, there is a story. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've seen this. I think it was Washington Post in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. A family wakes up about three a.m. to find that their three-year-old has gone down in the middle of the night and has opened I did everybody's yeah. presence yeah. in the whole family. And what do what they do with them? Well, so they, just, they asked him why he was doing it, and he said, well, I had to make sure that everyone wasn't going to be confused about what they got. 
Right. That was his explanation. Wrapping, wrapping paper can be confusing. And they had a six-year-old, mm-hmm. too. So this was going to ruin his Christmas. And oh, they had stayed no. up late wrapping them all, as it yeah. was. And so they put him to bed, and then they rewrapped all the presents. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that they could have Christmas the next That's morning. That's a little Santa sweatshop you had to impromptu. I'm just surprised it doesn't going. happen more often. Yeah. Like, you know, just get up and find, oh, look at all these presents, and they just go did to you ever, uh Did you ever take a peek in your presents under the... No, it was a... You, you know, liked I being was, surprised? I was too much of a rule follower probably to do that. I, I felt like I was cheating. There was one year... Oh, wow. You did it. I had like an X-Acto knife kit. You did not. And I figured out that I could just go and make a couple of little cuts along the tape lines and just like uh-huh. open and see the end of the box and be like, I know what that is. And then I could just get my own roll of tape and tape it back. But didn't that and ruin no one, the surprise? Yeah. Or was... No, <laughs> like, Christmas was ruined. Was the thrill of... Breaking the rules. Just knowing. I couldn't stand not knowing. Mm. I think I was 13 or well, something. Well, let's unpack that for a second. Let's take let's take the X-Acto knife to that tape. Yeah. No, let's on. let's just leave it where it is. <laughs> yeah, what is... Yeah, there's so much wrong with me, but that was... I, I think I like being surprised now. Uh, so maybe that was maybe that was that year that that was the turning point. I was like, this was right. awful, and now I just don't want to be that guy. Took like, I like believing magic is real. When I go to a magic show, I'm like, can you believe that guy levitated? Well, you're a flat earther. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a million things, really, when you think about it. <laughs> it's funny about flat earthers that they're, like, they believe in the other planet. Like, they believe the moon is round. Do they? I mean, they have to, right? I don't know. Do, I mean, they, do they believe the We other- have Crispin Glover right here. Do <laughs> they believe the other planets are that's also a great flat. question. Is the whole universe like flat. they believe we're just a big lasagna pan floating out in space, but everything else is round? They think that's. I bet. I bet not. I bet they think that it changes the way the whole universe looks. We're all just big square discs. I don't know. I mean, th- there is the idea of things looking different. Yeah. When there's no up and no down. Uh-huh. Now, to be clear, I've not studied the flat Earth theories at all, and maybe that's to my own detriment. To my own shame, because I would just right. speak out against it without really knowing what their argument is. Because just well, we'll get it, comments now from people who because people come. Oh, people troll. They troll the internet. They get Google alerts. So somebody's oh. going to get a thing that we talked about it, and they're going to have to come on and try to dunk on us. And listen, let me tell you something. Yeah, they say all. Oh, if we've been to the moon, why haven't we gone back? Like they do that whole thing. Costs a lot of money, guys. Yeah. Well, lot. yeah, we never waste money we in the government. Go, we did go back a lot, actually. But anyway, that's another. Why haven't we been back in a long time? I don't know. I mean. John, if you've already like, what else is there to do, Johnny? I mean, you're gonna you went back to your mother. You went back to your mother in law's house. You've been there a bunch. Well, yeah, but... that costs a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Why expensive. does your mother in law live on the moon? <laughs> is I guess what I mean to say. So, are you doing? Did you do resolutions? Are you doing the? Do you do resolutions anymore? Or you call them something? I call them goals. I call them. I call them being intentional. You know, Johnny, that's probably. That's a great, actually, segue uh, into the next part of our of our day. So let's just take a moment and hear a word from a few of our sponsors. Yeah, I don't understand the haters for resolutions. Yeah. Like, I do. I love. Well, resolution means you're resolving, so it's like you're making a promise. So that's a lot of pressure. Maybe they've. Maybe the wording has changed not because it's just a stale wording, but because we go, hey, resolution's a lot. Plus, I, it feels governmental. Like, I make a resolution here no. on this floor of the Senate. Is it maybe maybe they would work if we did it's like that. like you're filibustering your personality <laughs> or something. I think people don't want to do it because 
when they do it, they don't stick with it. The expectation is if okay. I do this, I stick with it forever. And yeah. that's not how I see resolution. I right. see them. I just as, want to get into the second week of January. Right. right. I just want to make a promise to myself and then break it. Yes. No, I think that it's about, it's not like I did it or didn't do it. It's did I improve because mm. of it? Yeah. So I may not be at a hundred percent, but am I now at 30% and I would have been at 0% if I hadn't tried. Yeah. So I do, I see, I see it as a chance to try new things or see something to improve, but I'm a sort of self-improvement guy drives my wife a little crazy. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, most, yeah, most all crazy. Most, John. Uh, well, no, because most <laughs> self-improvement people are like, yeah, uh, they also want to improve the people around them. Yeah, you know, maniacally. So it's not enough just to be like, "Hey, I read this book and it says that we can uh, be more organized." It's like we're organizing this house. Like, there's this great scene in Modern Family where Cam, who's this heavy set character on the show, he goes on a fad diet and. uh the, the the person's like every time he goes on this thing and then he it shows him he just watched some video and he's like going through the cabinets and he goes he's looking at it, he's holding it and he points and he goes poison and he just throws it away <laughs> poison he just keeps throwing the stuff away that's what happens though to people who like you you get overtaken by an idea yeah. and then you have to disrupt the lives of everyone around you <laughs> while you glom onto that idea I try not to so that would be my younger self okay my my zealot. Yeah. self in early 20s mid 20s right. but yeah i'm more like this is about so you're like i think it's poison but if you want to have your poison you have do. at it like there's some things with resolution that like my wife i'll say hey you don't have to do this but just know i might not be able to do it without yeah. you helping in this small way uh-huh. because we're very codependent like we live a lot of things together uh-huh. and so codependent's usually a negative job i know but that's what we say like i would say interdependent we say codependent because, like, we haven't had to live without each other. Yeah, but codependent – doesn't codependent – isn't it negative because it's like you, you're you know, propping up each other's negative attributes with codependence? Like, I would think interdependent. Kind of like – I don't know. Like the United Nations. It's not codependent. It's interdependent. Yeah, well, we say it as a – We're keeping a peace by being interdependent on each other yeah. for commerce and trade. We and, understand the negative connotation, but we kind of say it almost in jest like, well – No, no. I think you're codependent, too. I just yeah. wondered if you understood <laughs> what everyone's saying behind your back. I, I think what we're saying is I don't I don't know what kind of mess I would be Yeah. Right without her. You know what I'm saying? Well, I do. I know what kind of mess I would be. So it's like a – That's a very codependent thing you just said. Yeah. That's like there was a book about codependency, and it said, I worship the very dirt he treats me like. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. No, I I, I, I think you. I think you'd be okay. I think I think that, that Laura's good for you, but I also think that oh, – I, I no. think you're good for her, and it's you'd be okay. Look, I understand in that what, it's one of those things. Having faced – Mortality at a young age because of Laura's brain surgeries. Yeah. And that's a story back in our other episodes, I'm sure. Like, I have spent more time probably at a younger age contemplating having almost lost her. Mm-hmm. You know? So I do think, and I'm a six, so I'm thinking a lot about you know, all the right. scenarios. Worst case scenario. Right. And so I don't know. Yes, the answer is yes, God was sustaining me in all things and all that, but I. I also am grateful. That's how I'll tell him, like, look, I know you'll take care of me. I trust yeah. that. But just out of my request, yeah, this is this is great. You know, like, can, can we live, my prayers, can we live to be 100 with oh, our wow, health intact lot. and our minds? Oh, man, that's a lot. And then, like, you know, go almost. Has anybody this, ever done that? 
Yeah. Two people living to be 100 with their minds and health intact? Yeah. As a couple? Give I, me one couple. Well, I don't know. You don't know because it's never happened, John. Well. One of y'all is going to lose it and fall <laughs> off a cliff. If, but can we go if off you the cliff get to cheer, the same who, Who's time? it going to be? Who's it going to be? At the same time. Like, really? Like, yeah. like a Thelma Louise That would thing. be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like, for Sadie, how much easier it'd be? Like, hey. To have to take care of both of you at the same time. Right. You don't have to take care of us now. We both went. And we were no, okay. no, I mean, you know, this is no, it's not that you don't get to choose that, John. This is not just like you both die. I'm saying like you both go literally downhill. No. And say he's like, here we go. Well, she'll be 70 by then herself. That's true. You know, Ugh. my goodness. But if I do have 100 years, think about it. I'm yeah. not even halfway. Think about all the life. See, I want like an active, productive right. 80s and 90s. Mm. Like, you know, what I'm saying who has that? Well, Jimmy Carter did. Yeah. This guy true. was out building houses. It's true. And I, and I think there's so many similarities between me and Jimmy Carter. I was going to say. Like people. Peanut farmer. It's hard to tell us apart sometimes. Yeah. We both carry that presidential sort of thing. Absolutely. The teeth. He probably had more hair than me uh, at his death, if I'm guessing. But Did he uh, die? Jimmy Carter's still sorry, alive. Sorry, sorry, no, I'm sorry. Miss Rosalind died. Right, Miss Rosalind died. Yeah. He's still alive, but he's he's he's, he's in family health. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgive me for misspeaking there. But, Gosh, uh, we're breaking so, news here on the show. <laughs> I love I love Jimmy Carter. I think he's uh, he's another guy. He's the Crispin Glover of presidents. We didn't know. We didn't know what we had. Yeah. Do you think? I think oh, he. Yeah, uh, he was a victim of his time for sure. And I just think that the a guy when I think he had this great quote, and I'll butcher it, but it basically he talked about. When he left the office, he said, now I take my role as the most powerful person, which is a citizen of the United States. He was talking about how, like, the power of the citizenry, yeah, the way the founders set it up, should be more powerful than the president because you get to choose the president. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting take on it. I thought, what a great quote. I mean, it's not true, but – right. Because clearly, just the president, like a normal citizen, I'm going to have the Secret Service detail for the rest of my life. Yeah, and clearly the president's way more powerful than me, but I don't want to let you guys know that. Yeah. He knew a lot of stuff by then that he wished he didn't know, probably. He's president. Well, and again, I'm not saying he was a great president at the time, but it was a, it was a very volatile time to be president. Um, is, there never, is there ever a time where you're like, this was the best this, time to be this president? This, this was the good. best time. There's well, no think, slings and arrows? I There's think, nobody... I think Reagan would argue that, you know... That that eighties time, again. There's always something going but on. But he, but what he would say, like, I take credit for making right, it I'm a the better time. It was stable. Yeah, right. I don't. Mm. I don't know if he'd don't say know. that or not. That may be a lot. He, there's a lot of people post have said yeah, the that crack that epidemic, the, the AIDS epidemic. Like it was a pretty volatile time. Right. It's just we were, you know, I don't know. You know what's funny? What we don't want to say. Yeah. What we don't generally want to say is a majority of middle class white culture. Did okay financially. That's usually, and that's what that's, that's what the make, marker. Yeah. That's what makes the elections run. When you got gas lines, that guy's not getting reelected, yeah. whether or not the president has anything to do with the gas prices yeah. or not, right? Or whether or not there's a global issue happening. Well, it's about perception now, you know, uh, over reality. It's just like my, my my perception of something. If I perceive the economy's bad, or if I perceive, well, I mean, it can cause. That's what caused, one of the things that caused the Great Depression was like we didn't feel like we could trust the banks, and so it created a distrust of banks, which created. Right. Banks falling apart. If you feel like your money's not safe, you pull it out of the banks. Now the banks fail. Oh, the banks fail. We made the banks fail. Right. You know, I mean, a lot of things led into it. I'm oversimplifying, there John. There may be, yeah. Let me tell you about the Great Depression. <laughs> Johnny. I can only tell you about my depression. And uh, I'm, listen, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. Interesting. I was reading it. This is just a total side 
nerdy thing. My yeah. wife and I were laughing at me, but I'm reading a book right now on my phone. You're reading a book on your phone? I read books on my phone. Wow. We buy books. Um, and it's the rise and fall of dispensationalism. And it's not, she's like, you're reading what? Like over vacation. But I just, it was interesting. Yeah. They were talking about guys predicting in like the 1830s, 1840s, the second coming of Christ. Sure. And there, there was a huge movement and like lots of people really believed it. Mm-hmm. And when it didn't happen, they literally labeled that capital letters, the great disappointment. Wow. And I'd never read that in like theological history that this is the Anglo-American yeah. side of Protestantism that how this dispensational idea, not just of Jesus coming back or not, but that, that there's this um, dualism between heaven and earth that's very rigid. And there's this like you you take the prophetic years of the Old Testament and now or they, they're called days in the prophecies and now you equate them to years in the modern uh-huh. age. And then there's this great pause or this great failing of each generation of the church in the dispensations that then leads to something that's coming so that Christ can make up for all of our failings. There's a lot of stuff that we actually believe in today's mm-hmm. sort of ways of seeing the world. But just interesting that though – they called it the great disappointment. How many, how big of a disappointment it had to be that within was, their circles? That was my nickname from my family. <laughs> it was your NBA nickname, right? It was. They yeah. called me, yeah. The it was the great disappointment. <laughs> they were like, do not throw him the ball. It's not going to go well. And they were right. Oh, that's great. You know what's not going to be disappointing, Johnny? What's that? Um, it's time for my segment. Oh, is it? Yeah. And you know what? All at the, the end of last year, there was a lot, there was a lot of talk here. Uh-huh. Which is just talk about that. So I suppose that was right. A lot of talk about what song I was going to use to go into it. Sure. And most of the time I was just messing with you. You know that. No. I wasn't trying to pick real stuff. Oh. I was picking just trying to be provocative? Then, yes. Then I know you'd be like, incendiary? Right. And, you know, because obviously. So I think I found the one. I'm not oh. going to keep switching up. Uh, I'm going to try it today. We're locking this in. We're gonna, I'm gonna Final lock it answer. In, unless you don't like it. Okay. Uh, but then we'll see. But guys, let's go into the new segment here for 2024. Uh, they talked about that. It's, it's epic. I think it's perfect. I think, <laughs> it you, not, I think you did it. I, I knew what to do the whole time. I was the just... only thing that would be bad is if like the quote was from Pee Wee Herman now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like It needs to be a real historic quote or that music makes no sense. <laughs> I think Weird Al Yankovic said like, that's not going to be as good. But yeah, if it's like Winston Churchill, that's the music. Yeah. Well, today is from Benjamin Franklin. Okay. And it's a New Year's quote. And so I like this. He says... Said, Johnny, he's not around anymore. No, no. Be at war with your vices, mm-hmm. at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better man. That's good. I like that. Be at war with your vices and at peace with your neighbors. And I've been thinking about that. When we talk about like volleyball mindset and stuff with Sadie, we talk about that like, hey, you have to see your – when you feel insecure about something, whether it's school or life or whatever, like, yeah. at some point you have to see that as the thing to fight instead of wanting to fight yourself usually. Yeah. Or, or we're all kind of prone. I'm prone to a negative bias towards myself. And this is not, I'm not really speaking theologically right now. I just mean like I, I will believe the worst thing about myself, even if it's not true. Uh-huh. Right. And if, and if I remember myself in the past, even I remember the bad parts. Like I'm really hard on 
21 year old John, 16 year old John and 15. I'm, I'm so I'm really, really hard on him, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have to have therapists or friends say to me, Hey dude, give 15 year old John a break. Like, right. You know, you're not supposed to know then what you knew now. And you're, if you're not careful, you're going to be hard on 45 year old John the same way. Uh, whenever you're 75 year old or a hundred year old John, which we all know is coming now. Yes. Yeah. Um, that guy, yeah, he'll be looking back on running, this guy. Running 5Ks, 100-year-old John. <laughs> Can't the, wait to see it. That's the goal. Building houses on the side. Um, but I just, I like this idea of, hey, what I'm struggling with, I need to see that not as mm-hmm. a part of me. Or as, if it is a part of me, it's a it's a misappropriated or misled part that I need to now lead a different direction. Instead mm-hmm. of going, oh, that's me and I hate me. Yeah. To say, hey, that's a part of me that needs to grow. So I can be, and again, this would not work with modern therapy language, which says to welcome what's happening on the inside of you without judgment so that you can examine it, right? So that sound, when you use terms like war, it sounds uh-huh. very like, right. I'm fighting this thing. So I'm not saying fight yourself, but I am saying, hey, there are things I want to go, hey, this is, I, I am not going to be the the problem here to the point that I can't face it because it's so shaming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, no, I want to be at war with the vices and be at peace with the neighbors. Um, yeah. And I think maybe that's one of the things we're getting wrong now in modern culture. If we're honest, it's like we, we make justification for our own vices and we make war with our neighbors. Yep. We're projecting yeah. the bad things onto other people. Right. You know, the Bible talks about like, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Yeah, but it's just way easier to do that. It's way easier to pin it on a person mm-hmm. than to be like, "Well, this person's had a bad day, or they're they're not acting themselves today." It's easy to be like, "That's a bad person," right? You know. Yeah, we. But we some... sometimes we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, though. Oh, always. You know, and um, well, it's it's you know, um, hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah, and you're the one that always says every time we say that we're never talking about ourselves. Yeah, we're never talking about our own sin. Right. Yeah, it's like I don't know. So I, I think I give my I let myself off the hooks. And sometimes I talk, think about that. Like when I was, you know, I've been on a diet probably of some sort since I was thirteen. I always struggled with my weight, and I think sometimes you start realizing the difference between taking care of yourself and taking it easier on yourself. Yeah, like to take care of yourself means to eat a salad, right, and do some sit ups and like move, yeah, for the day. And sometimes we take it easy on ourselves going, I'm taking care of myself. Like, no, you're not. You're taking it easy on yourself. And so I'm trying to figure out the difference. I think that's the part. As you enter a new year, you're like, all right, what do we, what needs to be tweaked and tuned up in my, you know, in my personality? And what am I making excuses for or I'm projecting onto another person? Yeah. And frankly, you, what am I projecting onto you, John? (laughs) Um, Well, and I think that it's a time, you know, Laura has, has taught me well in the last few years, you know, like, um, we leave the Christmas tree and decorations now up till Epiphany. And so... When is, when is the Epiphany? I want to say that's 12... Is it when you go, aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's 12 days, 12 days after Christmas. Yeah. And so, like... And we think that that's 12... Da- I don't think that's 12 days, though. Uh, transfer from the Sunday from January 2nd to 8th, inclusive. Oh, so, yeah, it's only six days. Mm, well, since the 25th. Oh, we're 25th through. Well, that's more than 12 days then. Well, it depends on when your epiphany ends. Some would say, Johnny, your epiphany ended a long time so ago. So my brother has goats, and he just posted last night on his Facebook that 
if anybody is still trying to get rid of their live Christmas tree, don't go take it to the whatever, the dump. Bring, Bring it. it over because evidently goats eat old Christmas trees. I'd be afraid that they'd get like I don't know. Evidently, it's okay. Pieces of ornamental. I'm sh- no, no. You don't think the ornaments on you, goose? <laughs> no. I mean, what if something's stuck in there? Like there's tinsel left over, or a, an ornament broke. I don't mean like bring your decorated tree <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth, yeah, it, yeah. That'll be some glistening uh, droppings. That the, but I, here's the thing. Can, I didn't. Did you know that a goat could just eat a tree? Yeah. Really? Well, I yeah, you think, put goats into like clear off whole. Oh, that's true. They eat garbage and, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I like thick trees per se. I would think that'd be a little thick for them. <sighs> um, well, I'm sure he researched it. He wouldn't just put that out there and be like, because now we're going to get comments of like, you should never feed a goat a fur tree. Right. Which, <laughs> the weirdest comment. Everybody, everybody knows. <laughs> we get so many comments that we haven't moderated. You know, we have like five or 600 comments waiting to be moderated. And I look at the e- we get the emails. Another comment, and it's in Russian or it's, it's in- always yeah. And I'm just like, what is this? Well, but- that's the webs that that is the the website hosting service comments. Yeah. those are not the ones that come like to our comment. Oh, I don't know because our listeners are we get all of theirs. We do get your yeah. comments. Yeah, but these are which not- you can send straight to like hello at talk about that. I think. Or like if you want that direct, go to the website and click on that. Podcast.com and you click on the Click on up in the upper right hand corner, you can see the thing that says whatever. But then the lower it says it's a little voice bubble, and that's how you send us. But the but the email there is hello, I talk about that. Yeah. Podcast.com if you want to just directly email us. And if you're Russian, that's fine, but we're not gonna get it unless you also were bilingual. Right. Or correct. Do you know any? Well, we could translate it on our end with Google, but at the same time, as long know. as when we do translate it, you're not trying to sell us something about how to make our website better. I don't know. That's the thing. Most of the comments we have don't sell us things if they're from a real listener. Do you think when you think when like Thomas Jefferson read that quote from Ben Franklin, it was like, be at war with your vices? He was like, you're right. I hate my vice president. <laughs> you know, you think he took it, you know, I think Jeff- Washington was like, I hate that John Adams. Well, you know what's interesting about the vice president back then? What's that? Is, oh, that was the person it, who lost. Correct. It was a second place vote. Yeah. So like, so it was technically a, an enemy. Yeah. It, it, your political enemy. Usually, well, became the vice president for John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Absolutely, it was. Yeah. When John Adams became president. Now Washington, it's a different ball game. But when Adams became president, and that was what's weird is Jefferson. What if we did that now? Wouldn't we? I mean, what a world would that be? Yeah. I don't even. We could never do it. We're just too... I mean, I say we're the most divided, but we're not the most divided. We had a civil war, but... Yeah. It would be interesting. I mean, they changed it eventually for a reason. Yeah. But it did cut... I always thought it was weird even when you run against the guy in your own party and you talk bad about him and then you choose one of those people to be your vice president. It feels so... It's going to happen again? It feels so disingenuous. Yeah. Like, I remember when Dole chose uh, Jack Kemp, and he had said, Jack Kemp's the worst, blah, blah, blah. Everybody in the Senate knows that he's a nobody and he's a loser. And then you choose him, you're like, you just talk about this guy. Sorry, Jack. Yeah. But power... You're a good football player. Tell you that. (laughs) L.A. Rams. (laughs) But let me tell you, though. Jack Kemp did play for the LA Rams. Imitation of Power, though. Come on. That's my name, my new book. Imitation of Power? Imitation of Power. Imitation or invitation? Invitation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Read this book and I'll I'll invite you to power. That's beautiful. (laughs) John, speaking of invitations, we like to invite you uh, for our final segment. It's, It's my weekly segment. This week in history, we call it Talk About Then.
John, this week, 1974, the Presidential Act to reduce the 70-mile-per-hour speed limit to 55 is signed by U.S. President Richard Nixon. Did you know we had a 70-mile speed limit? It reduced it from 70 to 55? To 55. Where? Nationwide. Though, in town. Nationwide. Oh. Uh, so your nationwide interstates became 55. Do you know why they did it? I didn't know this. I mean, it makes sense when I read it. I figured, oh, this is going to be people are dying and they're realizing no. like we got to impact. Was well, it commercial? They want you to not speed by the. It was intended to save fuel because of the 1973 oil crisis. Wow. So the crisis began the previous October when uh, the Arab members of OPEC plus Egypt and Syria declared an oil embargo on the U.S., Canada, uh, Japan and the Netherlands and the U.K. for supporting Israel during the Yom Kippur War. So this was all, a, yeah. you know, and uh, religious reasons, I guess, uh, that they were made this political decision to declare an embargo. So then the embargo targeted the U.S. for resupplying the Israeli military. In order. It's very prescient to what's going on now where people have uh, they feel some kind of way about people taking sides in the Israeli uh, Palestinian war right now. By the time the embargo was lifted in March, the price of oil had risen nearly 400 percent Yeah, from three dollars a barrel. Can you imagine that U.S.? Three dollars a barrel wow. in 1973 to nearly twelve dollars, so that the act was repealed in '95. So evidently things had kind of leveled off, or we decided, like, you know what, we're going back to '70. We don't care. Not till '95 though. Yeah, but it, I remember when it happened. I remember being uh, a teenager, and I guess I would have been 22 when they put it back to '70 in Knoxville. If you remember, because it was 55 everywhere, and then it's, you started seeing more 70s, and it was the 90s when it all went, so it basically started, all started oh, going back. Anyway, um, we can't drive 55. Wow. When you get to 55, you realize like how slow it really is. It's slow. But I mean, it does save gas, I imagine. I don't know. I'll never know. I think there's, that's there's been, no way to I think know, it's really. been proven. <laughs> maybe, maybe other places went back to 70 quicker, but I just remember being like, Late teens, early twenties, when it started, you started seeing more. 70s. Oh, okay. Because I remember it was fifty-five going through six forty in Knoxville. Because I famously, well, not famously, but around my friend group, I, we got pulled over, and uh, on six forty, it was the same spot where we went and uh, with the girl that we right was going from her boyfriend. And I said, I promise you, don't want to fight me. Which yeah. go back and listen to the earlier episodes if you want to find it. But the same spot, there was fifty-five there, and I got stopped and. Uh, it was a female cop. She comes over, and I'm with my uh, fiance Curry at the time. Well, she was my fiance. She was still. I've only had one fiance, but Curry was my fiance at the time. And then my friend Jeff was in the back seat, and uh, we worked at the movie theater together. And so they, this she shines a light, and she goes, "Do you know how fast you were going?" I go, "No, I don't know." She goes, "67." I go, "67." <laughs> Like that, and she goes, "Get out of the car." No, she pulled me out of the car because I said sixty-seven. Wow, like that. I, I don't. I mean, maybe it was. I was just incredulous. I wasn't being disrespectful. I was just like sixty-seven. <laughs> and so, anytime we would drive past that stretch of highway, <laughs> my friends would always go sixty. You know, <laughs> they would drop some kind of other curse uh-huh. or some other expletive. Right. Right. Ain't no way I was going sixty. <laughs> you know, I was like, I didn't say anything like that. But it, these. And I think it was a young cop, and they were just very like, they knew they could pull me out of the car and did you perp walk me? Were you apologizing? Did you? Yeah, I was just like, I don't know what's going. You know, and of course I got a ticket. I got a lot of tickets in my early driving years. Yeah, I had some points on that license. You got buddy. Like a degree from traffic school. I like, did. Guy, I only had three hours left to get a bachelor's. I did. <laughs> I, did. I got my. I got. I got my license. Basically, 
I got a probationary. They're going to suspend your license for a year if you get one more Jeez, ticket. Johnny. And uh, and I got a ticket. And I went to traffic school to keep it off my record, or otherwise my license would have been suspended for you. I was a I was a speed demon, John. You know, when I moved back to Nashville, mm-hmm. I had I got three tickets in the first like three months, You're, all different places. Like one was in Lakewood. We're out of control. And then man. I got one from in Murfreesboro. I was we were moving our friend Andy in. Uh-huh. So Murfreesboro police, Lakewood police, and then Metro got me in mm. a church van on Broadway Parkway. Oh. And I had a similar thing where they I almost got pulled out of the car. There was it was under construction for like a decade. Yeah. And so I'm driving. The guy pulls up behind me, and yeah. I mean, there's there's no shoulders like the 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 concrete right uh, construction mm-hmm. just the girders or whatever that they put up. Yeah. There's nowhere to pull over, and nothing makes me. And this this does bug me a little bit. It happens okay. in Mount Juliet a lot. A couple pulls someone over, and they are basically just in the middle of the yeah, road or right, right off. It's not safe. It's just unsafe. I don't want to. I don't want the, the cops. So not you safe. pulled way up to find a safe spot, and they got so mad at you for that. I kept going. Oh boy! And I got my. You're, you're evading arrest. I had my blinker on. It's like the OJ chase. And like, yeah, it was. But I'm going probably twenty. <laughs> I had my blinker on. I'm in, a, I'm in a church van, right? And I'm like trying to get to the next exit. And it I feels pull, like you're being evasive. I right? finally pull off, yeah. and then he comes up and jerked in front of me. Oh wow! Like he's blocking me. Yeah. Now. Like we just had a high speed chase, and he stopped me somehow oh man and i just rolled my window and goes i wasn't running yeah he was like, well you didn't stop i was like there was nowhere to stop right and almost I, then you go 67 <laughs> it was it was like a this car shakes at 62 <laughs> there's no way there's no way but i wanted to go like you should have known that too yeah like it's you're you're right. the professional at this anyway i got a ticket <laughs> yeah shocker you're not getting out of that one, one. yeah did you try crying crying no, I probably pulled a pastor card though back then. I wouldn't do it now. Were you in, you were in the church van? Well, it was a rented van, but it was like for church. I'd pick. I was mm. going to pick up kids. Like, look, I, I gotta. I just. I gotta, I gotta go, get these kids. That's I why get these kids straight to the hospital or whatever. I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you you won't believe how fast I go when I get kids in this van. I mean, I really got it then. <laughs> I did get pulled. But over. you can trust me, officer. I got pulled over one time on the way to teach Sunday school yeah. in Knoxville. Oof. And I got out of that one. Did you? Because you did like this is the I'm on a mission from God. Well, the guy then he thought himself kind of funny. He was like, "Well, you know when it says low, I'm with you always. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean because your car's so low to the ground because you're going so fast." Oh, and I was just like, "That's a that's a stretch, man." I didn't it, say that. It meant low speed. I was just like, <laughs> "Yes, sir." And he let oh, me yeah. off the hook. So, man, yeah, that's good. These days, I just. I don't get pulled over a lot. So. No, I go. I'm I'm trying to save gas money again. Yeah, it's uh. I mean, it, it all comes back to that, doesn't it? It does. I just I'm trying to. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I just I leave early too. I feel like I'm a better planner. I'm not. I'm not running late all the time. You're early everywhere now. I try to be early, and that was not the case. That's our- not true. Hold on, I wasn't always late. Oh, wow. I think I'm pretty prompt. You weren't late, right? But like you weren't the guy. No, like, like you're the guy. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. I'm like a reliable... You you beat me everywhere we go now. That's beautiful. So, yeah. Well, all right. Finally, John. This week, 1906, mm. very important uh, invention. Willis Carrier, which you'll recognize the name when I tell you the invention. is grand- aircraft carrier. Oh, sorry. Is granted... Wouldn't that be great if he invented the <laughs> aircraft carrier? <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> aircraft. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> my name's R. Craft Carrier. No. Uh, Willis Carrier granted a patent for the modern-style electric air conditioner. 
Oh, wow. Carrier is still one of the main brands. What year? I'm assuming this is 1906. Wow. I wonder how expensive they were. I would like to know some more history on it. Like, did only rich people have them? Because, you know, a lot of people grew up in houses where you just didn't have one. Or you had like a window unit. Right. It was supposed to cool the whole house. It sticks way out the front of your house. and yeah. looks awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the 1906, it feels like that would have been a lot of... Did, it's did, not great in everybody's house. Everybody doesn't have them. Did they Rich. originally call it an air conditioner? That's what it says. It's, like, why was it a heater? And why was this not a cooler? Yeah, why wouldn't you just call Well, a cooler was your fridge, I guess. Yeah, but... The ice box. Yeah, but... I feel like conditioner. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. It feels like you're attributing a lot of right. mysterious properties. It's going to do a lot to It conditions air. the air. Right. Mm, makes so it look smooth and younger looking. Yeah. Like, no, it's just making cool air come it's out. It's just cold. Yeah. It's just putting Freon into our lungs, probably. That's fine. Who knows what those early air conditioners did to people? Oh, we no don't time. know. I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't do anything. I don't know anything. They always, had to, they always had to put Freon in. I had an old house, and they always had to put come out and put like... You're three pounds, three Freon low, and they'd put free, and it would work for like the the season, basically. Right. And I'd be like, how many pounds does it hold? About three. <laughs> you know, it's like, this thing's got a bad leak. <laughs> Fix your... Yeah. 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 And it's you're like not allowed, you know, you have to have a license. Like if they tell you, like, you've lost a lot of, how much blood did I lose? About 12 pints. How many pints does a human have? <laughs> 11. You somehow... It's close. You almost ran out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of coming back from Christmas, yeah. we were in the Jeep. Mm-hmm. And I was going to stop in Crossville and get gas, but we had the dog. Right. And I just, he just, he's just totally spazzing out when we first start driving. So I was like, okay, I don't want to get the dog all riled up again. We'll stop in Cookville or just past. We got plenty. Sure. We get just past Cookville or not past Cookville, but we're almost to Carthage where I want to get gas. Yeah. Johnny, the worst like traffic jam from a car wreck that maybe I've ever seen on 40. Yeah. It says we're eight miles. No, sorry. It says we're two miles the next exit, and it says it's going to take uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, no, and you're running out of gas? Right. We're almost out of gas. Oh, I have my mom with us, oh, man. the dog, my daughter, my wife. I'm mm-hmm. in the Jeep, and it's like this. And But the Jeep gets great gas mileage, so oh. it's okay. <laughs> Known to be very economical vehicles. And it's so low now that it won't give me a mileage oh, of how no. much I have left. It's just like so you went fuel. on the shoulder and went up the mountain. I started you're going, in a jeep. I went on the shoulder for a minute around. You the went cars. on the emergency shoulder. I thought, well, I'm going to have to get around, and then I pulled off. Like, These people hate me right now because I can't tell them. I just you're like, up. it's an emergency because I uh, failed to plan to get right. fuel, <laughs> and this constitutes an emergency. All to I'm going to do is make this traffic jam worse if I break down. Oh, uh, so you were thinking of the other people? I was. I was thinking. This is so classic. So, you. This is beautiful. <laughs> very altruistic. Yeah. Man. And then I finally pull in because there's emergency vehicles now coming down the shoulder. Oh, you mean what the shoulder's actually for? Uh, it turns out there's another use. I had no <laughs> idea. And so we just wait, turn off the air and the heat, all the stuff, like yeah. try to use nothing. I heard that's a myth in modern vehicles, by the really? way. That it doesn't affect gas mileage. What's a 2015? I don't know. Yeah. How modern. Yeah. Anyway. Dude, I was praying. Did you make it? We made it. But I was thinking, I'm going to be jogging. Who would you soon. call? Like, who do you call? You can't that? call anybody. You're going this way and you're stuck in traffic yeah, as far as true. you can see front and back. So you just got to wait it out. I was going to get out of the car, leave them in the car, run to the to the next uh, thing, and try can. to get a ride back on the other end and then cross over with a gas can. Oh, man. That was my plan. And it was getting cold. Like, it was getting pretty cold. Yeah. So, interestingly it's, enough, that's not... a lot of gas talk. Yeah. A lot of fuel talk on today. Huh. 
Let's talk about fuel. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Let's talk about gas. Anyway, uh, that's a whole other show. <laughs> we we hope that you got a lot of mileage out of today's show, dear <laughs> listener. Check out our podcast online, talkaboutthatpodcast.com, archived episodes, and uh, yeah, leave us a note. Uh, leave a review. That helps the algorithm. It does. Find, uh, helps people find us, all that good stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, Johnny has got a pretty full schedule already for 2024. You should go see him somewhere at johnnyw.com, J-O-N-N-I-E-W.com. Yeah, some cool places. You can buy tickets online for most of my shows. Uh, I'm on tour with Nate Bergazzi a little bit this month, which is fun. If you want to get last-minute tickets to those shows, I'm opening those shows, which will be a blast. Yeah. And you can add, uh, talk about that, to your New Year's resolution repertoire. You know what I'm saying? Like right. this is something to listen to. I resolve week. now to. to I'm gonna put the pressure on them though, because yeah. if well, they can't, maybe live you resolve up to, to it. share with a friend. Because you're That's already, nice. if you got made it this far, you've already listened. You've already won the award. If you don't like the show, share it with an enemy. There you go. You know? Yeah. Send this like, to someone you really don't like. like. This will show them. Yeah. You waste an hour of your life. <laughs> Guys, thanks for the time you gave us. We'll see you again next week on Talk About That. It's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.